Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of uh, Psalms, Psalm 121 this morning. Psalm 121. While you're turning there, next Sunday being Anniversary Sunday, we will not be having our Life Stages ministry. So please bear that in mind. Only the morning worship service, 10.15am and 6pm. So you get to sleep in a little but don't sleep in too much. Come for the service at 10.15 a.m. <laughs> Psalm 121, please. This chapter gives the assurance of God's care and protection over the nation of Israel. Verse 1 reads, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help my help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth he will not suffer thy foot to be moved he that keepeth thee will not slumber behold he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep the Lord is thy keeper The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in, from this time forth and even forevermore. Let's bow for prayer. O God, we pray that you would teach us from your word this morning. Help us to think biblically and thereby speak biblically and thereby live biblically in the name of jesus christ we pray amen there are some 7.1 million jews living in israel today this is only about 45 percent of all jews scattered throughout the world The Bible is the inspired Word of God. It is God's revelation on Israel. It gives us historical facts about Israel. It gives us prophetic facts about Israel. God provided a Saviour through Israel. Jesus Christ was born in Israel. He ministered in Israel. He died in Israel. He rose again in Israel. And praise God, he is coming again to Israel. And will then set up his eternal kingdom in Israel, fulfilling the promise of the Davidic covenant spelled out there in 2 Samuel chapter 7 verses 11 to 16. Today Israel 
is at war. And God's promise here in Psalm 121 still stands true. God will protect his people against this terrorist organization called Hamas. This morning I'd like to preach a little sermonette titled Israel, the land, Hamas. The word Hamas in Hebrew means violent. Hamas is a terrorist organization that is determined to kill all Jews and wipe them out of existence. That's their goal. This is the reason for what happened on the 7th of October, just over two weeks ago. Hamas was founded in 1987. And in 1988, in their charter document of existence or their mission statement, they stated in the opening paragraph of their covenant... And I quote, Israel will exist and continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it. Just as it obliterated others before In 1993, Hamas began suicide bombing. Hamas exists fully on the ideology of Islam. John 10.10, the Lord Jesus, in describing the devil as a thief, he said the devil or the thief comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Hamas is not a rare, out-of-the-box, terrorist organisation. They practice and believe, and their mission is pure Islam. Islam is not a religion of peace. This is a false uh, smokescreen. By the sword, it has brought people and nations to surrender to Islam. A person that surrenders to Islam is called a Muslim. To surrender to Islam, a Muslim. So by the sword down through history from its inception in 610 AD, it has brought people and nations to surrender to Islam or death. In 2005, because of an uprising back in the year 2000, all Israelis were evacuated from Gaza. And Israel had no choice but to build a security fence around the city for national security. And in 2006, Hamas gained full and absolute control 
of a Gaza through the Palestinian parliamentary elections. Hamas controls Gaza. The cry to free Palestine should rightfully be free these poor Palestinians from Hamas within Gaza. Hamas is responsible for the poor conditions within Gaza. Outside of Gaza and the West Bank, Israeli Jews and Arabs do coexist in peace. Hamas is not interested in coexistence with Israelis. Their watch cry is, kill the Jew, kill the Jew, and wipe Israel completely off the face of the map. Their mission is genocide. That's the facts. You and I might ask the question, why such a strong hatred against the Jewish people? Why? Good question to ask yourself. The ongoing strife of the Middle East goes back to the book of Genesis. And it's so important that you and I have a biblical mindset of what is taking place today. It all goes back to the book of Genesis and the animosity between the sons of Isaac, the Jews, and the sons of Ishmael, which is the Arab nations. It all goes back to Genesis. Instead of Ishmael being the promised seed, God chose Isaac. That is why the hatred and the jealousy exists between the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac. See, according to the Bible, Abraham offered Isaac on the altar there in Genesis 22. But according to the Quran, Abraham offered Ishmael on the altar. They both can't be right. Note there with me, please, in Genesis chapter 21... Genesis chapter 21, in verse number 12. Genesis chapter 21, verse number 12, where God affirmed his covenant that through Isaac the Messiah will come and the seed of Isaac will be that promised seed. Note there in Genesis chapter 21, verse 12, it reads, And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of the bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, Hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Satanism is behind anti Semitism. It's as simple as that. Hatred of the Jews is instigated by Satan himself. And this hatred will continue to exist 
even into the tribulation period. Note there in Revelation chapter 12, please. Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. In verse number 4 and verse number 14 it reads, And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and had cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And note then verse 14 it reads, and to the woman were given two wings and a great, of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time, times and half a time from the face of the serpent. If we had time, we would read all of Revelation chapter 12. This chapter speaks of the devil being likened to a dragon, seeking to destroy the woman in reference to Israel. And this will take place in the middle of the tribulation period in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. The Bible teaches us that a world leader that will become a world dictator will govern the world and this uh, period of uh, government will begin with a seven-year peace treaty made with the nation of Israel. And halfway through that peace treaty, he will break the promise and he will reveal his true colours and he will seek to destroy, annihilate, obliterate, Israel. So we have here in Revelation chapter 12 the devil seeking to destroy the woman Israel in the middle of the tribulation period. Note the wording there, nourished for a time, times and half a time, three and a half years. Because of the child born in reference to Jesus Christ, See, because Satan hates God's plan of redemption, he passionately hates and seeks to destroy the channel through which God offers this redemption, the nation of Israel. So Jesus Christ provided forgiveness. God the Father provided a saviour through the nation of Israel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And because Satan hates God's plan of redemption, he passionately hates and seeks to destroy the channel, which is Israel, through which God will offer redemption, forgiveness, eternal life. See, the nation of Israel has its roots in Abraham. Abraham
Abraham originally was a Gentile. <laughs> Not a Jew. From Ur of the Chaldees, which is basically modern-day Iraq. He was an Iraqi. And God called him and promised to build a great nation from his seed. And therefore he was named Abraham. And through this nation God promised to provide a blessing to the whole world. And this blessing to all nations would be through the seed of Abraham. What is this blessing that is referred to in Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3? It's the provision of forgiveness, salvation, eternal life, redemption. And God in his providence has chosen to provide a saviour for the world in and through the nation of Israel. That's why the devil hates Israel. And anyone that adjoins themselves with hatred towards the nation of Israel, they are following in the footsteps of the devil himself. That's the cold hard facts from a biblical perspective. So down through history to this day, Satan has inspired people to kill and destroy the Jewish people. Why? Because they are God's chosen people, the means of salvation. We can think back at people like Haman there in the book of Esther, who tried to destroy the nation of Israel. We can think of Hitler, had the same goal, World War II. And today, Russia and Muslims alike, they want nothing more than the complete destruction of Israel. Why such a hatred? It's beyond our thinking, is it not? Our Western way of thinking, because we are, we think with a biblical worldview. Here in the West, we're to thank God for that. But that's not how the rest of the world thinks. We have a Christian her- heritage, we think. Biblically. We think biblically. There are 22 Arab states or nations. 52 Muslim states, nations. And they want nothing more than the destruction of Israel. That's the facts. See, the Bible teaches us that God blesses those that bless Israel and God will curse those that curse Israel. May I remind you of that there in Genesis chapter 12, please? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 12. 
In verse number 3 it reads, I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Go to Genesis chapter 17 please, verse 19. Genesis 17, 19, And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. Anti-Semitism, a hatred of the Jewish people, is satanic and a sobering reminder that we are in a spiritual warfare but God is still in the heavenlies he is still seated on the throne and as we read in Psalm 121 God is on her side there's not many of them but one plus God is a Majority. Ephesians chapter 6, please, verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. It reads, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The true battle taking place is not that which can be seen with the naked eye. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. A hatred of the Jewish people is satanic. It's of the devil. And it's a sobering reminder that we are in a spiritual warfare. So why such a strong hatred of the Jewish people? The ongoing strife in the Middle East goes back to the book of Genesis, the animosity between the sons of Isaac and the sons of Ishmael. And leading into the tribulation period, as I've said, that Satan will not give up and he will seek once again to destroy the apple of God's eye, the nation of Israel. But God will provide protection. God will provide wings of eagles, so to speak, and watch over his people. The next question I'd like to answer this morning, what really is the history of the land of Palestine? And who really owns it? Turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. In verses 6 and 7, 
we have a record here of Abraham's conversion, his salvation, where he put his faith in the one and true and living God. Genesis chapter 15, verses 6 and 7, and he believed in the Lord, and he was counted unto him for righteousness. And note verse 7, he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. Some argue that the land of Israel belongs to the Palestinians. They argue that Israel occupies the land that belongs to the Palestinian people. In other words, the Israelites or Israel, they are colonists. They are invaders. So their right to the land is illegitimate. Now the biblical and historical truth is that the land was given to Israel by God. That's what the Bible teaches. Look at verse 7, to give thee this land to inherit it. In fact, go to verse 18 please of Genesis chapter 15. It reads, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, Once again, under thy seed have I given this land, note the boundaries of the land, from the river of Egypt, the Nile River, unto the great river, the river Euphrates, from the Nile River to the river Euphrates, Abraham, I'm giving you this land. See, biblically and historically, the truth is the land that we know as the state of Israel today was given to Israel by God some 2,000 years before anyone was called a Palestinian. And some 2,600 years before Islam as a religion was founded. God said to Abraham, I'm going to give you this land. So God gave the land, the title deed, to Israel. And technically, from the Nile River in Egypt to the Euphrates River is an area that, that covers some 300,000 square miles. Israel today only occupies a portion of what God said this is for you. In fact, it was under King David that Israel occupied the greatest portion of the land given to them by God. But yet not the full extent from the Nile to the Euphrates. So biblically speaking, historically speaking, 
Israel are the indigenous people of the land. We seem to like that word indigenous. Thought I'd connect with you. Fighting over land sounds familiar, doesn't it? Israel are the indigenous people of the land. The land has never been known as an Arab state. Never. The land has never been known as a Palestinian state. The land has never been known as a Muslim state or any other state. Historically and proven by archaeology, Israel has been given and lived in the land as God ordained it from the time of Abraham and the conquering and possession of the land under Joshua. Remember Joshua made the statement, there is much land yet to be possessed. He wasn't wrong. He knew that God said, you've got, the land is yours from the Nile River, all the way to the Euphrates River. Israel has never fully occupied all the land that God had entrusted to them. And beloved, this morning we need to understand that Israel from the Babylonian captivity in 586 B.C., To 1948, the rebirth of the state of Israel. Israel as a people, as a nation, they were dispersed, scattered from the land. Killed, oppressed around the world. But there has always been a remnant within the homeland of Israel. We read of that remnant in the book of Jeremiah under the Babylonian uh, destruction. We read of it in the book of Ezra, Nehemiah under the Persians. We know there were Jews in the land under the Greeks, the Romans, etc. There's always been a a remnant there. And though on the whole they've been dragged out, it doesn't change the facts that they own the title deeds. God gave them the title deeds. This is your land. There's always been a remnant within the homeland of Israel. And for those that remain in the land, they were dominated by various nations. Dominated by the Babylonians, Persians, Greeks, Romans, the Byzantine Empire, the Roman Catholic Crusaders, Muslims such as 
the Ottoman Turks, and last but not least, the British Empire. This doesn't change the fact that the land was given to Israel and God holds the title deeds on her behalf. That's the truth. That's Bible. And it's so important that you and I as Bible-believing Christians think biblically and filter what we see and hear through what God has said. Because if you and I will do that, it will bring clarity. Amen? And comfort and assurance. Some argue, they make statements like then, well, if this is really true, why is this strip of land referred to as the land of Palestine? Good question. It all goes back to a Roman emperor by the name of Hadrian. Not Adrian, Hadrian. Adrian's a nice name. Hadrian, it was a Roman em- emperor by the name of Hadrian who changed the name of the land of Israel from Israel to Palestina in AD 135. As a way of mocking the Jewish people, he called it Palestina, Latin for the land of the Philistines, who were the enemies of Israel. He did this in dealing with a Jewish revolt that took place in AD 135. So therefore, before... Arabs and Jews lived in Israel. They were called Palestinians. And this continued until the state of Israel was reborn on the 14th of May, 1948, with the help of the British Empire. It was referred to as Palestine the land of the Philistines, thanks to the Romans. This is the bone of contention. The sons of Ishmael, the Arab nations, won't accept this fact. They refuse to accept Israel. They refuse to accept Israel has a right to exist, number one. That's why we heard the other week, gas the Jews. Nothing new under the sun. That's Islam. That's demonic. The sons of Ishmael, the Arab nations, won't accept this fact... And they refused to accept Israel has a right to exist 
and that they are the rightful owners of the land because God said it. It's as simple as that. See, God is the creator of all, is he not? In Genesis 1.1, the Bible reads, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It all belongs to God. The whole earth belongs to him. And God chose the Jewish people to be the recipients of the land rightfully called Israel today. It is through this nation and this land we see the unfolding of God's plan of redemption in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Israel is where our Lord was born. He lived, he ministered, he died, he rose again. And one day he is coming again. In fact, his feet will touch down on the Mount of Olives and will bring to an end the Antichrist and his armies at the Battle of Armageddon and then he will set up his eternal kingdom of which he will be king of kings and lord of lords. Of all the redeemed, made up of Jew and Gentile. Zechariah chapter 14, please, gives us this hope. Zechariah chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. Verse 1 reads, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spools shall be divided in the midst of thee. Note verse 2, I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. This is in reference to that final battle known as the Battle of Armageddon that's referred to in Revelation chapter 16. And the Lord Jesus will return and he will touch down on the Mount of Olives with the redeemed. For those of us that have received Jesus Christ as Saviour, and verse 4 reads, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. Which mount? Which is before Jerusalem. On the east. And yes, the Mount of Olives is on the east of the city of Jerusalem. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east, toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley. Half of the mountain shall remain, shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. This is in reference to the second coming of Christ where he will deal with the Antichrist and, the, and his army. He will split the mount in two. Wow, that's going to be great to see. And then he will set up his reign upon the earth. 
for 1,000 literal years. So what is the history of the land of Palestine? Who really owns it? Well, ultimately God. And God gave it to who? Talk to me. Talk to me. Israel. That's what the Bible teaches. It's as simple as that. It's the land of Israel. So as a way of application, what does Israel at war have to do with the fulfilment of Bible prophecy? How can we maintain a biblical view of what's taking place today? I hope I might have just helped you a little to understand why the antagonism, why the hatred, We don't read of Israel wanting to genocide Arab nations. But we see before our eyes a determination to genocide the nation of Israel, which is satanic and embedded in Islam. And I hope and pray the Western world will just wake up and call a spade a spade. Evil, evil. That group of 1,500 terrorists that escaped out of Gaza, now you'd think if they were really in prison and they were escaping, they would escape. Literally. But what did they do? They escaped out of Gaza and killed people. That's demonic. So what does Israel at war have to do with fulfillment of Bible prophecy today? Well, just go quickly to Matthew chapter 24. Are you still with me? Are we still friends? Okay. Matthew chapter 24. Note what the Lord Jesus said. In verse number 3 it reads, And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, interesting, isn't it? And the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. And note what he said in verse 6 as one of the signposts, so to speak. Verse 6, And ye shall hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Note verse 7, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famine, pestilence, earthquakes in divers places. 
I had no doubt in my mind that we have before us prophetic signposts such as wars and rumours of wars. May I remind you there is still a war between Russia and Ukraine. Am I right or not? Israel and Hamas and her Muslim allies that are in Iran and Lebanon. And have we not heard for a number of years of a pending invasion of Taiwan by China? In Revelation chapter 9, it talks about a great army of 200 million soldiers coming into the land of Israel from the east. And the Euphrates River will be fully dried up. The Euphrates River is drying up big time. Today, China has an army of no less than 200 million foot soldiers. And when you compare Scripture to Scripture, we see China, we see Russia, Gog and Magog, Ezekiel chapter 38, from the north coming down to invade Israel, we read of Persia, Monday, Iran. Beloved, we have the wars and we have the rumours of wars. And the more Israel is in the limelight, the closer we are to the, to the return of Jesus Christ. And the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period, which is graphically described in Revelation 6 all the way to 19. And my friend, just like Israel, can take comfort in the fact that God's care and protection will prevail. There she is, this little stake or the state of Israel in a bad neighbourhood. Bad neighbourhood. Can you imagine living on a street in which nobody likes you? In fact, hates you? In fact, want to kill you? Israel lives in a bad neighbourhood. But God has her back. And just like God promises to protect Israel, God will protect you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour. In Galatians chapter 3, we are referred to as spiritual sons of Abraham. See, Abraham believed in God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. He was saved by faith. And my friend, this morning, the Bible teaches us that we are dead in trespasses and sin and Jesus Christ is the only saviour for the world. He came from the seed of Abraham, the nation of Israel, 
And there in Israel he died, was buried and rose again. And he offers life eternal to all by faith. And if we receive Jesus Christ as our saviour by faith, we become a spiritual son of Abraham, as Galatians chapter 3 makes reference to. And the Bible teaches us, he that has the Son has life, and he that has not the Son of God has not life. So you and I as Bible-believing Christians can take comfort in the fact, just like Israel as a nation, and I'm certainly not endorsing all that they are doing, we need to bear in mind that Israel as a nation still lies in unbelief. She is not godly, but she is still the apple of God's eye. Parents, your child could live like a reprobate. doesn't change the fact it's still your child. Talk to me. You could have a reprobate child that is doing vile things, but it's still your child. And I would dare say you still love them. You might not love what they're doing, but you still love them. So likewise, Israel is the apple of God's eye. She is in unbelief. Yes, she will be converted in the tribulation period. We certainly don't endorse all that they do or don't do. But God stands by Israel. Therefore, we need to stand by Israel. And for you and I that know Jesus Christ as Saviour, we don't need to fear. Because as we note wars and rumours of wars, we can take comfort in the fact that the Lord's redemption draws nigh. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm almost done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 9, the Bible reads, For God hath not appointed us a day of wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. God promises to protect his people. And when all hell literally will break loose, so to speak, you and I that know Jesus Christ the Saviour, we won't be around. Because the Bible talks about a catching away, a removal. And this is what this verse talks about. For God hath not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation. This removal is, is mentioned there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, please. In verse 16 it reads, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. 
Hallelujah. That's why verse 7, 18 reads, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. <laughs> Beloved, we are on the winning side. And we need to be faithful. Serving the Lord. Getting serious about the things of God. Christian, how serious are you about the things of God? Where's the commitment? Where's the willingness to be a witness for Christ? People are hurting, people are afraid, and yes, many innocent lives are being killed. That's a fact of war. There's always innocent lives that will be killed. That's a fact of war. But Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. And you and I that are Christians, we know what the Scriptures teach, we understand the Word of God, we can see world events from the lens of Scripture, we need to be doing our part to proclaim hope and assurance found in the person of Jesus Christ. So in spite of what's happening today, As the Lord Jesus said to his disciples there in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You can have the peace of God that passes all understanding by placing your faith in Jesus Christ as Saviour. And if you and I will, would would you simply spend a little bit more time, listen to me carefully, and I promise you I'll end with this. Spend a little bit more time reading the good news and less time spend, spend, uh, keeping up with the bad news. I think we'll be better off. And all of God's people said, Let's bow for prayer. Thank you.